about God's dream for you. That's the title of my message. I'm going to jump right in. God's dream for you. And um, I'm really excited to be able to preach to you this morning. I always find it an honor. And thank you, first, serv- or first service was here. Thank you, second service, for being here. Our first service people are a little quiet, but you can talk to me today. Um, I am a morning person. How many of you are morning people? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, when I became a mom, I became a morning person. And um, you know, moms, you know what that looks like. And you just, you find your coffee and you find your space and you, you wake up um, at 5 and 5.30 and 6. And you guys are there. <laughs> um, but morning is relative. I'm, I'm a morning person as long as I have my Bible and my coffee. And um, be, besides that, steer clear of me because I'm not fully, truly a morning person. Um, but this morning, um, I don't want to talk about the dreams that we sleep at night, the dreams that we have while we sleep at night, per se. I want to talk to you about the dream of God for your life. I really believe that God has a dream for you. And so my points this morning will all be God's dream for you is, God's dream for your life is, because I really believe that God has a dream for you. You know, as I was studying the dream patterns, um, and it's, your, it's a part of your brain, the occipital lobe of your brain in the cerebral, cerebral cortex for that, that stimulates, it's stimulated from the visual side of things. And so um, repressed childhood memories, they say, or things that you've seen growing up or things that affected you, uh, they say that those are the things that we dream about. Well, my dreams are kind of crazy sometimes. How many have crazy dreams sometimes where your teeth are falling out and they're crumbling? Has anybody had that one or is that just me? I'm totally curious. Okay, I'm not by myself. Um, where your teeth are falling out or I, I have this one dream and it's, it's reoccurring where I can't get to the place I'm supposed to get to on time, which I do need to work on that area of my life. Maybe that's like the repressed like failure in my life. But um, it's, it's this dream. I'm supposed to meet with this affluent person and I can't figure out my outfit. I can't get ready. I'm late. I can't find anything. Does anybody have those kind of crazy dreams? Yeah. And so dreams are funny. You know, we get certain dreams. I'm not talking about those types of dreams this morning um, per se. Um, and I'm not even talking about those dreams that we have in our heart to be something or to do something. Like I always tell my kids, I wish I was Beyonce. I wish that I could like dance like her, uh, 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 and sing. And she, she's got the package. Like she's still married to the same guy. She's amazing. And she just, her movements and her voice. And so I'm in my kitchen and I'm like, uh, uh, uh. Like I dream of having like a Beyonce presence. Okay, but I'm never going to be Beyonce. <laughs> I'm never going to be that. I'm never, that's, that's a dream that we, you know, we, we concoct things in our minds, don't we, sometimes? Like, oh, I wish I was Kobe Bryant. I wish I, well, maybe you wouldn't wish you were Kobe Bryant. Um, he's had quite the journey. But you might, <laughs> you might wish, you might wish that, you know, you were Stephen Curry this last year. Um, you, he would be someone to, to be. Um, but, you know, we have these thoughts. I wish that I was more athletic. I dream of being more athletic. And so I get out on the basketball court, and I have a middle school son now who's very fast to tell me, Mom, don't do that ever again. (laughs) You don't look cool. Stop doing that. No, don't do that. Um, But we have dreams, don't we? A dream of beating my doctor friends in a game called Trivia Crack. And I only beat them about four times a year because they're smarter than I am. (laughs) And they've got, God made them a certain way. I can dream until I'm blue in the face that I'll be athletic, that I'll be smarter, that I'll be a Beyonce. None of that's going to happen because that's not what God has for me. But 
This morning, I want to talk to you about a different dream. I want to talk to you about the dream that comes into your heart and in your spirit when you lay your head on your pillow at night. When you lay your head on your pillow at night, you realize, my life is going fast. Doesn't life go by so fast? And you go, what is my life made up of? What, where am I headed? What am I doing with my life? What is my life going to count for? And you begin to dream in your heart, don't you? I know I do. I begin to think about the way God made me. I begin to think about the gifting and the callings and the failures and the things. And I think, what if, God, you could take my life and do something so audacious and I could see that happen and that happen and I could really do this and oh God if I could just be a little more disciplined I could write this and I could go here and I could affect this group of people and what if I and we begin to dream don't we when we lay our head on our pillow at night and I want to say this morning I'd I'd like to suppose that we serve a God who he's a God of more and he is he's interested he is cheering you on in this thing called life he's your biggest cheerleader and God is a God of more he's not just um, he's not just up there saying you know what settle for where you're at you're good I'm happy with where you're at no God is a God of more the Bible is full of verses and I'm gonna read some in a couple minutes the Bible is full of verses that talk about our God being a God of more. It's, it's, it's scriptures that say, and I want to read them. We can put them up this morning. And the verses in the Bible, um, the first verse is Philippians 3, 12 through 14. And I love this. Not that I have already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind, and I reach forward to something. I'm reaching for something. And the next verse is Ephesians, Ephesians 3, and I love this. When I read it in the message version, it just about, I don't know, I'm just a dramatic person, but it was awesome. It said, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine, guess, request in your wildest dreams. And he does it not by pushing you around, but by working within you, in your spirit, deeply and gently. And then I want you to hear this quote this morning. John Quincy Adams, he said this, this quote, and I love this. It says, if your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more, and become more, you are a leader. And I want to say this morning that we have a Heavenly Father who is the leader of our life. And do you know that God is a good leader? He's a great leader. And do you know that God wants you to dream more? He wants you to learn more. He wants you to do more. And he wants you to become more. And that's the kind of God we serve. So, Jesus, I pray this morning, as I preach this morning, God, that your presence would just fill our hearts. God, we thank you for your word, that it's living, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides through our motives, and it changes us from the inside out. God, I pray for our nation this morning. We pray for um, just the scene, the political scene right now. Jesus, we pray for peace in our nation. God, we pray for um, just your hand to come upon our nation and that you truly would work a revival in this time of darkness. God, we believe you. We love you. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen. Well, come on. Well, God used dreams in the Bible. And I love this series because I believe that as the people of God, sometimes we put our dreams on the shelf, don't we? And sometimes when I read these scriptures and when we talk about God having a dream for us, we go yes and amen, but then we go back to surviving, back to I got to do the laundry, back to I got to pay the bills and we don't have enough, back to, and so we put our dreams, the things that we dream about on our pillows, we put them on the shelf, and we go, you know, those are awesome, 
I just got to, I got to get by. But I want to say this morning, I believe that God wants to speak to some of you and he has a dream for your life. He's a God of more. Amen. Amen. And in the Bible, God used dreams. Um, I love how God used dreams. He, I love the story of um, Mary and Joseph and their whole drama and their whole soap opera. Because if you think about it, it was a dream that stopped Joseph from divorcing Mary when he found out girlfriend had gotten pregnant, okay? So can you imagine being at your engagement party and then your fiance shows up and goes, oh, I'm pregnant now. And you're, he's looking at Mary and he's like, we're engaged. How are you pregnant? Joseph was a righteous man, it says. But Joseph, when Mary came and said, I'm pregnant, Joseph. Joseph, the Bible says, Joseph was going to divorce her quietly. But a God came in a dream to him and said, Joseph, don't do it. This is of me. I'm doing something. I'm working in your life. When and Jacob, he encounters, he's fleeing from Esau's brother. He'd stolen the, the inheritance, and, and Jacob's supposed to be um, part of the patriarch, uh, patriarch fa- the fathers um, that we look at, and, and God's encountering Jacob, and God uses a dream in Jacob's life, and God uses a dream for Joseph, and Joseph has this dream, and, and he sees um, his future, and then he's thrown into the pit, and he goes through these horrible things, and then God uses a dream to go that Pharaoh has that Joseph has to interpret because Joseph, through his journey, he got so close to God that he learned how to interpret dreams. And so God uses dreams, doesn't he? He uses dreams in our lives, and he uses these these things that happen, and those were all sleeping dreams. But God used dreams in the Bible to communicate, to warn, and to direct his people. And I believe that now, as we sit here this morning, that some of you, God has been speaking to you. He wants you to begin to dream again. He wants you to begin to believe that there's something ahead for your life. Because some of you this morning sitting here, you're like, gosh, I'm in survival mode, Lisa. I'm in, I'm in like in survival. And I, I don't know what you're talking about dreaming. But I want to tell you, God has a dream for you. God has a dream for your life. And um, I'm going to give you four points this morning about God's dream for you. I'm going to give you four points this morning about God's dream for you because I believe, and I'm going to draw from the life of David because I love David. How many of you love the the character in the Bible, David? He's so inspiring. He's so unassuming. He's so um, just a lover of God, and I just love him, um, period. When I get to heaven, I'm just going to give him a big hug. Uh, But my first point this morning is God's dream for you has been handpicked. God's dream for you has been handpicked. And the verse that I have attached to this was the Philippians. Um, and, and Paul's talking here. He's saying, you know what? God, he saved you for something. God handpicked you for something. God grabbed you out of the world. How many remember when you got saved? And you're like, I remember that moment God handpicked me. I remember being 16 years old, I was on fire for Jesus, and I had left my Christian school to go to a public school because I said, Mom and Dad, I want to go reach the world for Jesus. And they looked at me, and how are you going to tell your 15-year-old, no, you need to stay at your Christian school? (laughs) My parents were like, okay. So they let me go to a public school. Fast forward a year, and we get this bus to our youth ministry, and we had invited Asim, who I had no idea he would be my husband. 
But we get him to church. Um, a friend of ours talked him into it. She lied to him. She told him there'd be tons of basketball and food. And there was like maybe 10 minutes of basketball. And the rest was like Holy Spirit Church. And we get a seam there. And all of us Christian kids were like, oh, we brought six kids to church. We brought six kids in the van. And um, a seam is one of them. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's cool. And um, that's awesome. I want to see him get saved. And they were totally unsaved, all six of these kids. And um, that night... Asim is standing there, and he can share his testimony. I think he already has, but God's hand touched Asim. Now, the, my point in this is that he had six, five friends with him that night, and not one of his friends gave their life to Jesus Christ. But God touched Asim in such a way that he fell on the ground, he was weeping like a baby, and he felt the love of Jesus fill his life. And I tell you, that night when he got off the ground and he got in back into that van and we drove him home, his life was changed because God handpicked him. God handpicked a dream for his life. And we still talk about those five friends and we go, we just wonder why didn't they feel the same thing? Maybe they have along the way. I'm sure God loves them. They, I know God loves them just as much as he loves my husband. But that night, God had a journey for Asim. He had a dream for Asim, so he handpicked him that night. And friend, God handpicked your dream. God's dream for you has been handpicked. The way God made you was handpicked. The way God put you together, the way your quirky personality, your, the funny things about you, he even gave you those things. He, God handpicked your dream, and we can't fight against it. And I love the story of David because he has the most um, interesting story because he starts as a shepherd and he starts at the lowest paid position in that time and he ends at the highest position you can imagine. He becomes the king of Israel and he's got this promise along the way and, and he's, a, he's a shepherd. He's out with the sheep and he's writing songs that we still sing today and, and then he, he goes on this journey and, and God handpicked the things that he had to go through. He goes along and his, his dad gets a call from Samuel, not a call, but like a letter probably. <laughs> he gets a letter and from this prophet and this prophet says, one of your sons is supposed to be king. And so um, dad, David's daddy goes and gets all the other sons, but not David. And David gets left out. And then Jesse goes, nope. The prophet Samuel goes, nope, there's one more son. Where's your other son? And he goes, oh, well, David, you don't want David, do you? He's like, yeah, I want David. Go, well, you have another son? And he's like, yeah, go get him. So he goes and gets David and brings him out. And David's standing there. He's a shepherd, and he gets anointed. Pour, oil is poured over him, and he says, you, God, I've handpicked your dream. You're going to be king over Israel. You're going to be king over my people. And he's like, oh, my gosh, I'm a shepherd. Like, I'm the youngest. I'm always forgotten. I'm never thought about. And then fast forward, he starts going to these. He shows up at this battle on the hillside. The Philistines had arrived to attack the people of Israel. And here's David. He shows up only to bring his brother's lunch. And David is the one that changes that whole climate. David is the one that kills Goliath. David is the one that comes back and he defeats him. David is the one that, that begins to be um, promoted in the eyes of the people. And David is on this crazy journey because God handpicked his exact journey. God handpicked your dream for you. And I want to say this morning that whatever season that you're in, and it might look a little crazy, it might look like you, you're not sure where, what God is doing or where he's taking you you. 
friend, you can rest assured that God has handpicked your dream for your life. That he handpicked the process, he handpicked the seasons that you're, you're going through right now. David went through some of the most crazy things, but you know what, the moment that he embraced it, the moment that he said, you know what God, if you say that I'm gonna be king, then I'm gonna live life to the fullest, I'm gonna be who you called me to be. And some of us fight against what God has spoken to our hearts. Some of us say, you know what God, why did you make me this way? Why did you let me be in this family? Why did you put me in this situation? Why did this happen to me? And I want to encourage you this morning that the things that have happened to you happen to you for a reason. They happen to you because God is positioning you, because he handpicked your journey. He handpicked your tests. He handpicked your trials. He handpicked your, your story because your story is supposed to change the world. Your story is going to change the world just like David's. And God, he handpicks our dreams. You know, I love handpicking gifts for people. I'm a gift giver. So if I, and I don't give gifts enough. I wish I did. I'm so busy with my kids and life. But if I, if I'm like in relax mode, I'm buying gifts for people. My husband's like, stop spending money. But I love to handpick gifts. And, um, you know, when you give gifts, you're not, you don't have other people do it for you. You, you handpick it. And we serve a God who, when he puts you together, he didn't go, oh, Mike, Michael the angel, go and like figure out their life. No, God handpicked the trial for you. He handpicked the journey, and God, God's dream for you has been handpicked. And I love that about God. David was a shepherd. He was like the lowest person, but yet God had said some things about his life. And I believe this morning that God wants to encourage us that he knows exactly where we're at. He knows the seasons that we're in. And I find it interesting that out of this crazy journey that we see David go on, the songs that we sing are from his words that he penned in those crazy seasons. The things that he went through, we still, we still feed from. So if you really want God's dream for your life, friend, you got to be willing to go on his ride and his plan and you got to embrace the hand-picked part of God's season for your life because that's what will feed people. That's what will feed people. That's if you want to leave a mark on planet Earth, if you want to leave a legacy, then you got to walk, you got to embrace God's dream for your life, that it's been hand-picked. I'll tell you what, I never thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today. I wanted to go and be a nurse and follow, you know, go after a certain path. I thought that's what I should do, but God told, stopped me when I was 16 years old and said, and somebody, somebody told, spoke over me and they, they said, you're not to compare yourself because your journey will look like no, none of your friends around you, but you're supposed to keep following me. And you know what? God's handpicked a dream for my life and I'm so thankful he did. And so friends, you can rest assured God's handpicked your journey. My second point this morning, God's dream for you is more about your relationship with him than something you will accomplish for him. God's dream for you is more about your relationship with him than something, something you will accomplish for him. And I love this in Philippians as I was reading a commentary, the verse I read, not that I've obtained, Paul says, and I've, uh, or I'm perfected, but I press on that I might lay hold of that. And as I was studying, I always get so pumped up when I'm studying, I'm like, that, that's like purpose, that's destiny, that's me changing the world, right? That's my calling. 
But as I read and I found the meaning of that word and the meaning behind Paul's words in that text to that church called the Church of Philippi, what Paul was talking about was nothing more than his relationship with Jesus Christ and heaven. He was talking about his relationship with Jesus Christ being the most valuable thing in his world. He was saying that it doesn't matter what what I go through, if I can have that, if I can have a relationship with Jesus, friend, God's dream for you is more about your relationship with him than it is about what you would accomplish for him. And we take our dreams and we go, oh, if we can do this, if we can stand on that platform, if we can have that influence, I want that. Don't we do that? Don't we do that sometimes? I want that. I want that much money. I want that career. I want that promotion. I want that platform to be on. But you know what Paul's that was that he was talking about? His relationship with Jesus Christ. Because he knew that his relationship with Jesus Christ would cover everything else. Friend, I want to encourage you this morning. David really caught this. David really caught this. When nobody was looking, David was worshiping. When nobody was watching him, when he was forgotten out in the fields, David wasn't complaining. David wasn't sitting there just doing nothing, counting the sheep. I mean, that gets old. What happened is David began to learn. Oh, Jesus, I love you. He began to learn. Oh, when I sing, it sounds good. <laughs> okay. You know what? I have words that are coming. And he, he took these moments and he made them about his time with Jesus, with God. See, God's had one goal from the beginning of time. And we were in a, a series in our youth ministry, probably one of my favorite series so far. We do a lot of series just because I like to keep, I like to drill it into the young people. This is what God loves about you. This is, you know, we did one on handpicked, and then we did one on uh, Dear Destiny. We talk about their destiny. And then we did one um, called Where I Belong. And God has had one goal from the beginning of time, and that is to get you where you belong, and that is with him. From the garden to the cross, from the garden to where he's like, Adam and Eve, let's hang out. Where are you guys at? He literally says, where are you? And they're like, oh, we messed up. Then he sends prophets, get my people, tell them this. Tell him I'll carry him out. He, he, God has been after one thing. We talk about goals, hashtag goals. How many of you guys have ever hashtagged goals on your Instagram? You know you have. Okay, maybe not. I'm a youth pastor. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, but we hashtag goals when we see something that we're like, yes. That girl's outfit, oh my word. I'm gonna, that is goals, right? That relationship, goals. That's what we say. So, you know, if you're a young person, you know, if you see that relationship that looks so cute and you're like, goals, I want that relationship. Oh, that pair of shoes. We say goals. Well, friend, God has had a goal and his hashtag goals is a relationship with you. It's nothing more. It's nothing less. His goal from the beginning of time, from the garden to the cross, to sending even his own son is to get you with him. That is God's greatest goal. And so we make our dreams about that. We make our dreams about that. We make our dreams about what we'll do and what we'll accomplish and what accolades we can look at on our wall and show our children. And all of that is great. And I believe all that comes with following God's dream for your life. But friends, the biggest part of God's dream for your life is him. (laughs) 
It's loving him. It's knowing him. I'll tell you, I have a chair that Asim is never allowed to sit in. It's my chair. It's my chair with God because it's, it's my place with God, and it's the place that I find him, and he speaks to me, and he encourages me, and he, he loves on me, and I love on him. And, and, and I'll tell you what, David, David was fulfilled much, much before, long, much long before he was king. And see, that's what carried David through his leader attacking him. What carried him was his relationship with Jesus Christ, with God. Jesus hadn't come yet. His relationship with God that he had crafted in this quiet, dark place out with the sheep. I want to encourage you, whatever season you're in, God wants to know you. And out of that, everything else will come. I have come to a place in my life where I don't want anything except that. And if I have that, it's funny. I, I, it's like I know that God will take care of my, the dreams in my heart. Yeah, I want to do things. I want to go places. I want to write. I want to travel. I want to do more missions. I want my children. I have dreams for my children. I have dreams for my marriage. I have dreams. But at the core of it is what Paul said in Philippians 3. He said, if I can just have that, I'm good. I'm good. And so God's dream for you, friend, this morning is that God's dream for you is more about your relationship with him than something you will accomplish for him, which is such a key in David's life. In Psalms 23, we see David, and he goes, how many of you love Psalms 23? And I love this. I don't have this up on the screen. This is kind of something else that I had extra. But Psalms 23, he starts with calling God the Lord. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He's talking about somebody, the Lord. I shall not want, and then he moves from the Lord into he. See, because David, and on his journey, he just, he's getting closer and closer to God, so much so that he's okay in the cave, and he's okay being a nobody because he knows that with God on his side, God is bigger than all that he can get him to where he's supposed to get. The Lord is my shepherd, so we see him calling him the Lord, and then he, um, he, he makes me lie down, and he refers to God as he. And then I love this, the very end of Psalms 23, he calls God, he says to God, you. His relationship went from calling God the Lord to, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. David, his story of his, the story of his relationship with God is such a beautiful thing, and the fruit that comes from it is pretty cool. The kingdom, the castle, because, see, God wants to bless you, but it has to be about your relationship with him. Because that's the, that's the fulfilling part. <laughs> How many of you want dreams but with no God? The Bible says you can gain the whole world but lose your soul. You can, have, you can have the castle and the kingdom, but if you don't have him, if you don't have God, man, I'm just so thankful for my relationship with Jesus Christ. My third point this morning is God's dream for you will be bigger than your dream for you. God's dream for you will be bigger than your dream for you. And I love this because David, he shows up on this day that he was supposed to bring his brother's lunch, and it was a normal day, and it was just another day. But David had something big going on in the inside of him, which I was just talking about, that relationship with God. So David's standing there, and he shows up on this day. There's Goliath, the gross, nasty giant of 
descendant of Anak. It said that the Philistines had lined up. They had drawn a battle line. It said it was a valley. And one side of the valley, the Philistines lined up. The other side of the valley, the Israelites lined up. And it says the Israelites were shaken in their boots. They were afraid. They were fearful. And they thought that their nation was about to be swallowed up. The people of Israel had fallen from God. They had gone back into idols. And, and the commentaries say that the people of Israel found themselves on that hillside, not just accidentally, but because they had forsaken God. And so they're there, and the Philistines made their way, and there's this battle that's starting, and Goliath, this huge giant, comes forward and says, I'll send me a man, I want to fight. And it's David who shows up to bring his brother's lunch, and it's David who says, hold up. He says the words, he says, who is this joker? He thinks he can defy the living God? Who is that giant? And all of Israel standing on the hillside, they're all freaking out. They have, and the funny part about the story to me is that the people of Israel had like armor, all this armor. They're like, they're like, but they're shaking in their armor. <laughs> and here comes David, a shepherd. I was studying a shepherd and a shepherd has usually has three things. They have a mantle, which is what they're wearing. They have a slingshot and a staff slingshot and staff. I'm going to put that together. Okay, so it's four things. But they had like what they, you know, fight with, work with. And then they have a little wallet is what they call it for a, with a little bit of food in it. So David shows up and he's got these three, you know, menial things. And you've got all this hillside of Israel. So this is the side of Israel. This is Philistines. And you got, you got Goliath standing up and saying, I'm going to take you guys out. You're going down. And you got all these people and these, all these soldiers in armor, and they're shaking in their boots. And then you got David show up with some ham and cheese sandwiches with his three items of being a shepherd. And he's like, hold up. What did that cat say? No, he is not going to kill this nation today. Not while I'm here. And I love it because David, he shakes it up a bit. And you know, um, it's kind of like, I use this analogy, it's kind of like, have you ever opened a, a two liter of soda and it's flat? Don't you hate flat soda? Is anybody else? No, Tiana, Tiana loves flat. Do you really? I'm going to buy you some flat soda. I'm going to open it, leave it, and then give it to you. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but you got this hillside of what I call flat sodas. There's their carbonation. There's no, there's nothing going on. They're they're afraid and they've forgotten who their God is. They've forgotten the bigness of God. They walked away from that relationship, but David hadn't. David shows up, and he's the two leader. That when you turn it, <laughs> you hear the. And the power comes out of that two-liter bottle, and you're like, oh, I'm waiting for that fizz. How many of you love fizz? I'm trying to just drink water right now. Help me, Jesus. David shows up, and he is like, that Goliath, not happening on my watch. Because what, hap what was happening on the inside of David was he was having this relationship with this big God, and, and he knew that God had called him, and he remembered when he was anointed king, and he knew that if he could survive out in the middle of nowhere and that God would fill him up so much that he didn't need any of that, he shows up on the hill that day, and it's David that says, um, this giant is going to go down today because God is inside of me. My God's bigger. The dream that God has for my life is bigger than 
that cat, and I'm going to take him down. And friend, I want to tell you this morning, God wants the bigness of who he is to get on the inside of us. He wants his people. He wants God's people. God wants his people to have a a carbonation, a fullness, a, a sense of God's bigness in our life so that when people come around us, they go, whoa, what was that? That was like, I'm alive. I have a relationship with the creator. I'm special. I'm not just normal. I have a destiny. I have a calling. And when people get around you, they can feel that, can't they? And when David showed up that day on the hill, you better believe they felt that. They didn't see David doing a show or, oh, look at my armor. In fact, they tried to put armor on him, and he goes, that doesn't fit me. Can I use what I have? And they were like, well, goodbye, David. Have fun. You're about to die. Peace out. Whatever they said back then. Um, so, <laughs> so he was about to die in their eyes. But David, has, he knew that God's dream for his life was bigger than Goliath. And friend, this morning, whatever giant you might be facing, God wants you to know that he's bigger than that giant. Whatever battle you're in, is God inside of you so much that you go, okay, this is hard right now, but I'm going to take a deep breath. I know you're with me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me, God. It's not the Lord anymore. It's not he anymore. It's you, Jesus. And I find myself talking to God more and more during the day, and I'm, God, you're with me. I know you're going to get me through this. I know that you're going to help us. I know that you're going you're gonna to do supernatural things. I know that, God, you're going you're gonna to do things that I couldn't even think possible, God. And, and sometimes we get caught in the mundane, don't we? Instead of really trusting God's dream for us and giving our life to God's dream for us, we put it on the shelf and we survive and we do what we have to do. But I believe that God wants you to know today that his dream is bigger for you. He's a God of more. God has more for you. Wherever you're at, friend, wherever you are at in your season, God has more. He who spends the most time wins. I love that. And sometimes, sometimes I believe that we look at our Heavenly Father and we see him almost like Darth Vader. I was thinking about it. Sometimes we don't know that our God is actually for us. We see God as like this guy in the sky that's looking down on us like, I am your father, obey me. (laughs) And God's like, that's not me, that's Satan. (laughs) Don't listen to that voice. But God is like up there and, and I think about now that I have kids and I think about how I'm their biggest cheerleader and I think, God, you, you're the same way. We're made in God's image, so He's, I think about my kids, and I'm like the loudest mom at basketball games. I'm like at everything. I mean, I'm like there early. I mean, I bake cupcakes for the team. Like, I'm like, I'm my kid's cheerleader. And I think about how our Heavenly Father is and how often that can get skewed in our minds. Whether or not we grew up with a father that didn't show us the correct love. Or maybe some of us grew up with a father that was actually abusive, And so when it comes to our relationship with this whole thing, like, what? God has big dreams for me? What are you talking about? Like, I have a heavenly father that actually wants to give me, like, a big future? Yeah, you do. He's a good God. So good that he sent his only son so that you and I could have this life that would make sense, make a difference, 
be blessed. Come on, God has a big future for you. My last point this morning, my last point this morning is God's dream for you is that his dream would become your dream. God's dream for you is that his dream will become your dream. What do I mean by that? I mean, God wants to give you his dream. He wants your life to count for something. His why, the why behind God, if you will, the why behind why he does things. You know, we talk about who, where, when, how, and why. We talk, you know, I talk to my kids. Okay, so it's, there's the who, and who are we talking about? Why are we talking about her? How are we going to build this youth ministry? Why are we going to believe in youth ministry? I talk about that. We believe in youth ministry. Why? Why do we believe in youth ministry? God has a why, and his why needs to become your why. Because that is the full purpose of his dream. See, God, like I said, has had a dream from the beginning of time that we would be with him. That we would be close to him. I love the story of the prodigal son and the father who's like, his, he just sees a glimpse of his son and it says that he starts to run for his son. His son was his why. God's why for your life God's, God's why in heaven is he, if we were to ask God right now, God, what is on your heart? God would say, you know what's on my heart? It's people. It's, it's my lost children. It's my sons and daughters that don't know me. And that's so much God's why that, like I said, he sent his son. He said, you know what? My why is the salvation of the world. And so I'm going to send my son and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach people. And I believe that God is looking, God's dream for you <laughs> includes his why. Because, friend, if you can get God's dream on the inside of your heart and it becomes your dream, then everything will make sense. See, David on that day, his why was the people. I, I, I'm going to save a nation today. I can't let this Goliath defy the, the kingdom of God and, and take out all these people. I got to stand up. I'm going to do something to see that Goliath fall. I'm going to save a whole nation. God sent his son. Why? Why did he send his son? Why did David run towards Goliath that day? The reason why those sacrifices were made was because they love the people that they're sacrificing for. And they just made a decision to say, you know what? They are my why. And when God looks down from heaven, you are his why. And but God, if I could take it a step further, he wants us as his people to carry that why out into the world. He wants us to begin to carry out his heart and his heartbeat for people. And I love this. I grew up as a PK and um, growing up as a PK, my house was always filled with people that like we didn't know who they were. And it was like, Dad, why do we always have to have strangers in our house? But now I know why. So I would ask my dad, why does somebody always have to be at Thanksgiving that I don't know? <laughs> and he'd be like, because God loves them, Lisa, and we need, we're going to love them too. Dad, why does the basement always have to be, somebody always have to be living in our basement? Because, Lisa, we, God says to love and to open up your home to the strangers and people that need, me the mo that need God the most. That's what we're called to do. But now, looking back, I can see why I grew up loving people. Why my parents had a church of 80 people and why they gave every Sunday and served so hard. And because it's people. God's heart is for people. I want to encourage you this morning. God has a heart for those people that you live around, do life with, 
work with. God's calling you to have a dream on the inside of your heart to affect them and to reach them and to be a light to them. We are the light of the world. We're, we're it, friends. We are it. And in this political climate right now, my God, we need to have a passion to be, to be doing what Jesus would do, to be following in God's footsteps, to be showing his love, and to be reaching people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is God's life. People are God's life. Lift it up, Messiah.